0: having traced these definite ideas in their fundamental order the inverse process of synthesis was presented by which they were brought into infinite relationships and thus gathered again into the infinite oneness of being and so we began with oneness and ended with oneness with the big difference however That while we began with a belief in this oneness, we finished, through science, based on system, with a scientific knowledge of what this oneness implies. Practical Consequences of the Science of God What are our values? We must now ask ourselves, Is there anything more important than to seek God, to investigate the subject of God, to think about God and be conscious like God in its science. After all, there are no other gods besides Him. There are no real values besides divine values. Do we find satisfaction in living according to illusions instead of ideas? If we do not understand the ideas of God, the chances are very great that we are living according to illusions, and reaping their fruits. As a man thinketh, so is he. Science and Health, 166.3 So let us strive more and more to be conscious of the ideas of God, to have the mind of Christ transformation of consciousness. This brings us to the practical object of this study. To be ignorant about God means to be at the beck and call of error. The fruit of such ignorance is discord in its manifold manifestations. If our consciousness is filled with illusions, ignorant beliefs, and negative values, then we reap only negative consequences. The quality of our life is a matter of consciousness, and the form of our consciousness determines how much happiness, harmony, and life we experience. Science, therefore, teaches a transformation of consciousness. A transformation of a consciousness constituted of religious and human beliefs into a consciousness constituted of an understanding of the seven synonymous terms for God. Religion expects salvation through the observance of religious rites, outward worship, and the offering of sacrifices, through suffering and through humanly and morally good actions. But science offers salvation. Through a Christianly scientific consciousness. To be ignorant about God in its sevenfold fundamental nature means being deprived of Christianly scientific fruits. A new standard. Whatever we feel, think, or undertake in our everyday life, we do so according to our standard of reference. When uninstructed by science, the standard of reference may be animal instincts, ancestral inheritances, traditional beliefs, scholarly instruction, human opinions, worldly ambitions, and so on. And these will govern our lives more or less disastrously. But instructed by science, Our standard of reference is mind, spirit, soul, principle, life, truth, love, and it will govern us harmoniously. What more could we long for than to be clothed by the unfathomable mind, by the substance of spirit, by the sinlessness of soul, by the omni-action of principle, by the eternity of life, by the wholeness of truth, and by the inexhaustibility of love, handling evil. From this it becomes apparent that a thorough understanding of the seven synonymous terms for God is the scientific method for the handling of evil. See also Max Kapler, Animal Magnetism Unmasked. Here again we can start from the evidence that evil has innumerable phenomena with innumerable names and claims. How can we correct them? Without science, evil remains an unsolved enigma. And one feels quite helpless in the face of its multitudinous forms. But with science evil can be analyzed, uncovered, and annihilated. Mrs. Eddy writes that Christian science was revealed to her as one intelligence, analyzing, uncovering, and annihilating the false testimony of the physical senses. RETROSPECTION 30.11-12 to FUNDAMENTAL CLAIMS OF EVIL UNCOVERED The first step we have to take is to analyze the evil effect by tracing it back to its cause. Thanks to science, the countless phenomena of evil can all be traced back to seven root evils, as we may call them. Namely, to a belief in a supposititious opposite of mind and mind's ideas, of spirit and spirit's ideas, of soul and soul's ideas, of principle and principle's ideas, of life and life's ideas, of truth and truth's ideas, of love and love's ideas. No basic claims of evil exist beyond those which counterfeit the seven synonymous terms for God. So if we understand these synonyms, every claim of evil can be handled correctly and will never be beyond the power of solution. Specific Counterfeits What are these fundamental claims? Mrs. Eddy gives the answer in her textbook. Just as we can investigate the synonymous terms for God and find out the ideas which characterize them specifically, so we can continue this study and go on to ascertain from the text which claims of evil are handled by mind, which by spirit, which by soul, and so on. We thereby find that each synonymous term for God handles its specific opposite. Mind, for instance, handles the belief of a mortal mind. Spirit, the belief of matter, the flesh, and duality. Soul, the belief of the testimony of the physical senses and sin. Principle, the belief in person and personal sense. Life, the belief of death. Truth, the belief of error and sickness. And Love, the belief of fear and hate, to name only a few initially. Drawing up a list of them in the course of our synonym study will prove helpful. By reversal, error hints at truth. To know what is mind and its counterfeit beliefs, what is spirit and its counterfeit beliefs, what is soul and its counterfeit beliefs, and so on with every synonymous term, is essential when handling the claims of evil. Confronted with a phenomenon of evil, we first have to analyze it through the mind of Christ. Through divine mind reading we establish in us a consciousness of divine ideas which enlightens us with the specific truth about the specific error. In this way a claim is uncovered as a lie about a specific synonymous term. By reversing the lie we arrive at the truth about the situation knowing that evil is not something no place person situation etc but only a supposititious opposite of god and consequently only a supposititious absence of god consciousness is turned to the contemplation of the presence of god and its ideas as god is never absent we lose the consciousness of the belief that evil can be actual. Evil is then reduced to nothingness. For as the nature and operation of truth are claimed in consciousness, the one liar and the lie are annihilated. The specific truth about a specific lie. Let us be clear that we cannot correct the mistake 2 plus 2 equals 5, with the truth that 6 times 6 equals 36. A mistake cannot be corrected by any truth, but only by the specific truth about it. This is also true in metaphysics. When confronted with a problem, it is of little help to us to know one or a number of metaphysical truths even if these truths have in other cases been a help. Every problem is individual, unique, and therefore needs its own specific answer. Divinely scientific consciousness. But let us widen the aim of our interest in Christian science still further. Let us not merely look at it as a new means of healing and correcting wrong conditions, but realize that Christian science gives us a new consciousness, a divinely scientific consciousness, and that it is our privilege to understand and then abide in such a consciousness, so that no claims nor effects of evil can ever touch us the prevention of evil is better than its cure. Our main purpose should not be to correct evil, but to be Christian scientists in the deepest meaning of the word, and not in its denominational sense. This means culturing a divinely scientific consciousness, which is unceasingly aware of the system of the ideas of God, and therefore consciously excluding from consciousness all lies about God. The New Man In order to do this daily and systematically, our understanding of the synonymous terms for God is vital. When the root of evil is handled, evil has no chance to produce evil effects. As we fill consciousness with the ideas of divine mind, it uncovers the nothingness of all the claims of mortal mind. As we fill consciousness with the ideas of spirit, it uncovers the nothingness of all the claims of duality, etc. By doing this with each synonymous terms, we handle evil in an orderly way systematically and coherently and we do it for the highest purpose namely to establish in consciousness the allness of God and the nothingness of evil in the measure that we do this the new birth takes place and we become new we put off the old man and put on the real man We begin to see what it means that man is the compound idea of God, that he embodies the creative law of mind, the order of spirit, the rule of soul, the system of principle, the method of life, the form of truth, and the plan of love the clearer the tones of mind, spirit, soul, principle, life, truth, and love become to us, the more definite, coherent, and tangible the meaning of man appears to spiritual consciousness, and the more we experience spiritual rebirth. Only then do we come into being. What more do we want? There is nothing of real value apart from an understanding of God. Admittedly, it demands something of us. It demands that we give up in consciousness our old standard of reference and adopt a new one. But thereby we stand to gain all heaven and to lose nothing except hell. How much better to cultivate the permanent outlook of the new man than to drift along with a worldly mentality and only when something goes wrong to correct this by right thinking then to fall back into our old drifting until the next crisis. Science is rational. The human mind may still ask, Do I have to learn all this? Is there no shortcut? The answer is that science is the shortest cut there is. There is no simpler way to be to a thorough understanding of any subject than the scientific way. Science is much easier than learning and knowing thousands of unrelated facts much simpler than spasmodic, sentimental, superficial, vague thinking. The latter is not rational and is a waste of time and energy. Nothing could be simpler than to have the infinite reduced to seven fundamentals and then to combine these seven. The Spirit of Science it is also impossible to try to avoid a very thorough study of the synonymous terms for God by merely taking over the findings which are the result of another student's work on this subject, although these can be most helpful. Memorizing a list of words which characterize each synonym amounts to nothing. The letter without the spirit is dead. And we get the spirit of a synonymous term only as we quietly, consecratedly, lovingly, and devotedly ponder every statement which Mrs. Eddy makes in science and health involving each synonymous term. The study cannot be done hurriedly. It is an infinite subject. But is it not worthwhile putting all we have into this study? What else of real value is there beyond understanding God? To devote our thoughts, energies, and time to the investigation of God is our highest privilege. And realizing this, we shall have plenty of time and energy for the science of God. Acknowledgment. All earnest students of Christian science have always felt very grateful for what Mary Baker Eddy did. When thought awakes to the full implication of what it means for mankind that divine metaphysics is now reduced to a system, this appreciation will take on an even greater magnitude and the real import of science and health will be felt. We shall then also be able to value rightly the contribution made by John W. Dorley in interpreting what constitutes the pure science of Christian science and by expounding that the same system of divine science also underlies the Bible. Appendix one. Principle and Practice Mary Baker Eddy Published in the Christian Science Sentinel, September 1, 1917, but written in 1910 The nature and position of mortal mind are the opposite of immortal mind. The so-called mortal mind is belief and not understanding. Christian science requires understanding instead of belief. It is based on a fixed principle and divine principle, wholly apart from mortal conjecture, and it must be understood, otherwise it cannot be correctly accepted and demonstrated. The inclination of mortal mind is to receive Christian science through a belief instead of the understanding and this inclination prevails like an epidemic on the body. It inflames mortal mind and weakens the intellect but this so-called mortal mind is wholly ignorant of this fact and so cherishes its mere faith in Christian science. The sick like drowning men catch it whatever drifts towards them. The sick are told by a faith scientist, I can heal you, for God is all, and you are well, since God creates neither sin, sickness, nor death. Such statements result in the sick either being healed by their faith in what you tell them, which heals only as a drug would heal, through belief, or in no effect whatever. If the faith healer succeeds in securing, kindling the belief of the patient in his own recovery, the practitioner will have performed the faith cure, which he mistakenly pronounces Christian science. In this very manner, some students of Christian science have accepted, through faith, a divine principle, God as their Savior. But they have not understood this principle sufficiently well to fulfill the scriptural command, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. It is the healer's understanding of the operation of the divine principle and his application thereof which heals the sick just as it is one's understanding of the principle of mathematics which enables him to demonstrate its rules. Christian science is not a faith cure, and unless human faith be distinguished from scientific healing, Christian science will again be lost from the practice of religion as it was soon after the period of our great master's scientific teaching and practice. Preaching without practice of the divine principle of man's being has not, in 1900 years, resulted in demonstrating this principle. Preaching without the truthful and consistent practice of your statements will destroy the success of Christian science. Appendix 2. Faith Cure. Mary Baker Eddy. Published in Retrospection and Introspection. Pages 54-55. It is often asked, why are faith cures sometimes more speedy than some of the cures wrought through Christian scientists? Because faith is belief and not understanding and it is easier to believe than to understand spiritual truth. It demands less cross-bearing, self-renunciation, and divine science to admit the claims of the corporeal senses and appeal to God for relief through a humanized conception of his power than to deny these claims and learn the divine way drinking Jesus' cup, being baptized with his baptism, gaining the end through persecution and purity. Millions are believing in God or good without bearing the fruits of goodness, not having reached its science. Belief is virtually blindness when it admits truth without understanding it. Blind belief cannot say with the Apostle, I know whom I have believed. There is danger in this mental stage of belief. For if truth is admitted but not understood, it may be lost, and error may enter through this same channel of ignorant belief. The faith cure has devout followers whose Christian practice is far in advance of their theory. Let us follow the example of Jesus, the master metaphysician, and gain sufficient knowledge of error to destroy it with truth. 18 plus.